Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosher. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern, 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 modern mystery. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosher. And we're here to modern, 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 the greatest modern, moderns in history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic rob fantastic so we're covering a song today from 1974 okay yeah now right. last week we focused on the ladies on yeah. the mothers yeah. now today we're going the opposite end of the spectrum and we're talking about songs about dad this yeah. is for dads yeah this is a By total song. chance and it's not father's day yet no, this no, is no. just the, the way it's, our schedule it's the worked way out it, it tapped it panned out it yeah. just happened to be it wasn't planned it just happened to work moms then yeah. dads yeah so this song came out in 74 i want you to look up something for me real quick to start okay. this fantastic okay 1974 Oakland A's, the Oakland Athletics baseball team, 1974. Okay. Okay, while you're looking that up, I'm going to talk a little bit. Um, There was – (laughs) so let's start off. If you pull up the photo, y'all at home, Google 1974 Oakland A's. Look at all the mustaches. Look at all the dads. Um, This is a team of dads. (laughs) I mean, they've all got these amazing mustaches. But I'm a baseball fan. I was a baseball fan. So let me tell you about – they won the World Series. They beat the Dodgers that year, four games to one. Listen to the, the four pitchers that won. Okay, Raleigh Fingers. Raleigh Fingers, which all-time mustache. mustache. Stash of all stash. Stash of all stash. Don Sutton, not a mustache, but one of Rob's favorites. Yeah. Um, Catfish Hunter. Yeah. Another killer, killer facial hair thing. And Blue Moon Odom. So those are the four pitchers. They're like all Hall of Fame. I'm sorry, who? Blue Moon Odom. You don't know who that is? I do not know that name. He does not have a a mustache. Blue Moon Odom. Yeah. Catfish Hunter. And Blue Moon and Raleigh are Fingers. your last two. And Raleigh Fingers. Oh, yeah, four like, what a, that, man, that's so quite a collection. That 74 team had Reggie Jackson, who I consider the ultimate winner in mm. baseball. Oh, and that's the, good. And the Dodgers had Bill Buckner, who I consider. Oh. Uh, are you going to call him the ultimate no, loser? No, 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 I'm not. I'm just going to leave it there. He's the ultimate goat. He's, He's the, not, uh, not goat like Grace of All Time. He's yep, the ultimate scapegoat. Yep, so we're going Reggie Jackson versus Bill Buckner. But mm. what you might not know is Buckner had the second most hits on that Dodger team wow. and had their only home run in the playoffs up to huh. that part. He, he led the team in home runs on that playoff run. Okay. So it was one, right. but nobody had more than one. So anyway, 1974, but, so A's, wow. Dodgers, yeah. Harry Chapin. <laughs> I don't know. This is the song. So 74, sure. Dads, this is the song for you, Dads. What I thought you were going to in the cradle. What I thought you were going with, because the first, the first team picture that I pulled up had – who I can only assume is the manager in the middle. Do you know who the manager was of that team? I should have done more research, but is it this picture? It's that guy with, yes. that with the hat. There's a looks dude like in the, the middle that looks like uh, Bear, Bear Bryant. He looks like all their dad. You know he, what I mean? Oh, like, he's like the dad of the team. I, I thought you were going to say, yeah, he looks like the team dad. The he kind of looks like Columbo, like old, like an older Columbo. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe that that's not John McNamara that managed the. Uh, anyway, doesn't matter. All right. Anyway. <laughs> There's an old guy in the picture, too. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, he yeah. looks like a dad, for sure. He looks like a granddad, actually. Alvin Dark is apparently go. the manager, and Charles O'Finley. Okay. That's for all you are. We got a big following in that's Ireland, right. so that's, that's for right. you, Charles O'Finley. There you go. All right. Uh, so all that leads perfectly into, of course, of course Cats that, in the Cradle by Harry Chapin, which is the song that we were talking about today. Let's get right into it. This is from 1974, Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. Sitar, everyone? Yeah. A 
child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. Crying already. He learned to walk while I was away, and he was talking for I knew it. And as he grew, he'd say, "I'm gonna be like you, Dad. You know I'm gonna be like you." And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then. You know we'll have a good time then. Get your tissues ready. Oh my goodness! Get your tissues ready. All the moms that we gained last week yeah. are sitting there with their dad, with That's their right. husbands, and dadding it up, and they're going to cry along with us. Jeez. Here we go. This song, yeah, this song gets this song gets people who have dad issues, who, who don't who like don't who have, have great just, dads, yeah, this is, who want to be great dads, yeah. like or who were terrible dads. Yeah. they're all all men. <laughs> yeah, seriously, this. everybody's got some connection to this song. Every every male for sure has some connection to this song. Um, um, it's just one of those sort of all-time emotional, uh, you know. It's just one of those. I don't know. It, it gets everybody. Yeah, it does. It does get. It gets every every male for sure. Uh, from the 1974 album Verities and Balderdash, uh, which is a great title and also has a great uh, like a sort of a subtitle. Uh, it was like what do you call it? Like a like tag a tagline. Line. Yeah, it had like a tagline, and it was Verities and Balderdash as only Harry can tell it. Um, so I thought that I thought that was pretty cool. Kind of like fill the beats, lose the meats from Jermaine <laughs> Dupree from two weeks ago with yeah, the right absolutely. Here. That definitely it. Yes, uh, but fill the stash, get that cash. <laughs> do yourself a favor and go look at the album cover to Verities and Balderdash from 1974. It is awesome. <laughs> uh, it looks like somebody made it right now. It looks uh-huh. like somebody made it in 2020 to look cool and vintage right uh it it's it's just incredible it is very striking and uh and i always typically like every week i try to bring the album i do not have that album the only yeah. one i have is the harry chapin greatest hit stories live greatest hit stories so live, which that, is a terrible cover it's just him is being blurry on it's stage all blurry it just looks like a guy that was having a seizure took the picture yeah and just yeah it's bad but uh but yeah so not as inspirational there it's but not. check out the uh the original yeah, but the mic is pretty much in focus, which I and think the, is maybe the point. And they wanted noted that there is a upright bass in the back, like that's yes, definitely pointed true. out. Upright bass in in the background, and then the microphone in the foreground is not blurry because it wasn't moving, presumably. Uh-huh. So that's true. Um, but maybe that's maybe that's the point. You know, the mic is the focus, not the performer. <laughs> Get your eyes off me. Listen to the song. Listen you to know? the words. That's right. Yeah, that's what people say when they sing in church. Don't listen to me now. You listen to the song. You I didn't come to prepared music. to sing, and they pull out their I'm, cassette tra- soundtrack. Exactly. Yeah, I'm much too humble. To, to think that I might be asked and to sing. And they sing Midnight so. Cry, for those of y'all that don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, from the 1974 album Verities and Balderdash, as only Harry can tell it, written by Harry Chapin and Sandra Gaston Chapin. Um, this went number one on the Billboard Hot 100, and we talked a little bit about, uh, on the Mariah Carey episode, we sort of mentioned that we were heading into this, um, and the reason that it is maybe not in the uh, in the in the uh, Billboard all-time 600 list. But surprisingly, we've had a lot of songs that like, okay, ha, 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 it doesn't appear on the Billboard list, and we made jokes about it. Um, but this surprised me. It also does not appear on the Rolling Stones' 500 Greatest Songs list. Oh, wow. I was really surprised by that. That really... On impact alone, I thought. Shocked yeah. me, yeah. yeah. just But I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's like a... 
secret like Bob Dylan Harry Chapin rivalry. Oh yeah, you know what I mean that they like you ain't putting him on my list. Yeah, not happening, dude. This is no Rolling Stone. Um, it was nominated for 1975's Grammy for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance, along with "Please Come to Boston" by Dave Loggins. I love that song. Uh, I don't think I know it. I'm Please the number one fan of the man from Tennessee. Oh man, it's good. Hmm. It's Kenny Loggins' cousin. Maybe I maybe I do know it and just don't. I don't we know. might cover that one. Uh, "Nothing from Nothing" by Billy Preston. I love that nothing one. From nothing That's leaves great. nothing. Yeah. Uh, "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me" by Elton John, and the winner Stevie Wonder's "Fulfilling This's First Finale," a full album. Wow. Which I wasn't. Aware could win that category. Uh-huh. I just always thought it was for a song, best, but I guess it's just vocal performance, and they just took the whole of the album into, which is definitely true of that album. It, it, it's definitely worthy of that award. That album, oh, like he's is, pretty flawless all the way through vocally. Yeah, so. and 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 not just not just he didn't make mistakes, but he did incredible things through mm-hmm. that whole album. I, that's that's maybe my favorite Stevie Wonder album. Um, just incredible. Anyway, um, that's what won that year. But this song was also nominated for that. Uh, it was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2011. And as we said, it does not appear on either the Rolling Stones 500 Greatest Songs list or the Billboard All-Time uh, 600 list. And uh, if you missed our explanation of the Billboard All-Time 600, I know we've mentioned it on several episodes. If Go back and listen so to the Mariah Carey episode. Yeah, the Mariah Carey. Uh, and uh, we did some kind of in-depth uh, analysis because we got some information from Billboard directly. So uh, I think that's great. Uh, a little bit about the song. You want to tell kind of sure. the, the vibe of the song, the I story? Can, well, it's, uh, it's kind of about a relationship um, with father-son. Said uh, songs about his relationship with his son Josh. Uh, it was kind of inspired by uh, his wife's first husband's relationship with his son. Um, and Harry Chapin actually with said his f- with his father. With his father, yeah, yeah, yeah with his father. Sorry about that. And said uh, um, when they asked Harry about his, this song, this is a quote from him. He's like, "Man, this song scares me to death." Yeah, which I think is that's pretty much spot on right there. Yeah, and his I, I know a, a lot of this. A lot of this info is kind of going uh, going back and forth because he and his wife. Uh, wrote the song. Uh, I'll say together. They didn't exactly write it. They didn't like sit down in a room and write it. Uh, but um, but the um, his his wife told the story of like her first husband's very strained relationship with his father. His father was a and I don't understand this. Maybe if you're listening in the Northeast, you, you'll understand this better. But he was a borough president in um, in New York uh, in I, th- I want to say Brooklyn. Um, and so I don't really know what that is. And she said it used to be kind of a more important deal than it is now, but he was like a very important guy in Brooklyn. And, um, and so he was always busy, had a lot to do, you know, and they, um, there was a period of time, I think she said when they were like apartment hunting, they, they moved to, to, to New York and, or moved back to New York or something. And, um, so they end up staying with his parents. Right. And so she said that the conversation between him and his dad was always very stilted in his day. It was, it only consisted of his dad's only interest in him was helping him build a career that would lead to politics and, you know, whatever. And there was nothing else to their relationship. And even to the point where she said they were sitting at dinner one night and the dad starts talking to her about him. Like she's, and he's there. He's, like he's, yeah, and yeah. And he's there. And he and he, but he's saying like, tell him that I would like him to come to this place. You know what I mean? Like that reminds me of a Peyton Manning. Inter- the so Peyton. This is kind of off topic, but kind of similar topic. Peyton Manning came to 
anyway, came to McMinn County, and okay. my dad and me got to he got to he came and spoke. Uh-huh. But they're like, you can't ask Peyton Manning direct questions. You have to ask his agent, and his agent will ask him the question. Really? So we're hey, at but a, they're right there. We're, we're right in the same building, and they would be like, you know, can you ask Peyton? <laughs> and he would ask him, and I guess that's to keep from asking like direct. Huh? Awkward questions or something. Weird. But that was kind of a similar. That's interesting. Think of that. I guess that just gives him the chance to say no. I can't ask yeah. him that. You <laughs> yeah. know, or whatever. Uh, hey, Mid County yeah, so, High School gym for those of y'all that were there. Very interesting. So yeah, she said that that was the sort of um, you know uh, autobiographical portion of the song uh, that it came from a very real relationship. And then so she said when she wrote the lyrics um, originally, she she was a poet. She wrote. Uh, poems and, and song lyrics, and she worked with Harry on songs for his brother's children's program on TV that was called Make a Wish. And uh, so they would write songs for it. They, I think they wrote 30 songs a year or something for it by contract. And uh, so she would write while um, Harry was on the road, and um, she would write drafts of songs, and then he would like, you know, rewrite them. He would look at the lyrics when he came home, and, you know, that's good. Let me, let's take it, and blah, 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 blah. Um, her po- her poetry was more free form, and he would help her like craft them into more structured songs. Um, and uh, so she wrote this one, and he's on the road, and he comes back, and he's like, "Oh, that's good, you know, whatever." And then just kind of puts it down, which he would just do sometimes, you know, whatever. But then later, after they had a son, he picked it back up again uh-huh. and went, "This is incredible. I got to write this." You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. uh, because you feel that this is this is a song, like we said, that even if you are a good dad, you listen to the song and you think, "I'm a piece of crap." You know what I mean? Like I'm not doing a good enough job as a dad. Should've I've got more time. Yeah, I've got to do better. You know. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that hit him there, and he said, and she she said that this was kind of joking, you know, uh, or or she always thought it was funny that he saw it this way. But he would say in concert, like you said, this is this is a song that is a dig at me for not being there for my son. When really it wasn't. It was it was about her previous, you know, whatever. Um, but it's just so universal. You can't help but hear it that way. I hear it that way. Yeah. This song is a dig at me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't know. You know what I'm saying? This like this song is a dig at every dad. As somebody that's not a dad, I do have a dad, and it makes me want to go hug my dad. Yeah, so, exactly. It's like, it's like, yeah, it. totally. So um, the other inspiration for the song, uh, and she, she couldn't name the song, but I saw it in a couple of interviews. She said that um, she heard a country song on the radio that talked about uh, a couple – who was like basically surveying their backyard, looking out the back porch, you know, window or whatever. Um, and they saw, you know, the empty swing and the, you know, the sandbox and whatever, and were sort of lamenting how quickly time had gone. And so that was the sort of the other, um, you know, the other inspiration for the song was time flies fast and relationships need attention. And so That's both good. of those things came came together to to create the the lyrics for the song, and then Harry came through later and added the music. I was going to talk all about all that almost later, but it just seemed like the it natural. To fit. Time There's to some get things I was going to talk about later too that I'll tie in here. Dr. James Dobson quotes this entire song at the end of his focus on the family sections on father son relationships, like when he gets the up entire the, song, the entire song. Wow. Well, I mean, he may not repeat choruses. I don't know. <laughs> he might. Right. Who knows. Um, and I played this song and sang it with my dad the day I graduated high school and headed Did off to college. You? Yeah, we sang it, and my, my mom freaked out. Like cried. at home? At home. Yeah, oh, man, I bet that it was a sob all, fest. Mom was like, stop playing that song. Stop it. <laughs> quit it. Mom, I know you're listening now that after the last episode, so you can verify that. Uh, she's like, quit playing that song. Anyway, oh, man. It was nicer the way she said it, but it was the same concept. I'm flooding the floor with tears. <laughs> yeah. It's from his fourth studio album, which we talked about, Verities and Balderdash. This yeah. was the only album that he used studio musicians for 
tour and not his touring band. That's interesting, which right? I thought was neat. He went in the studio and said, "I'll use these studio cats instead of my band," which I'm sure his his band probably did not take a liking to that too yeah. much. But if I was in his touring band and been on his other stuff, you know, I would have a hard absolutely. Time with it. Do you know? I I didn't because I saw that note, but I didn't see in my in other research if it was his decision or if it was like a label decision. I do not know that because um, I know like early in Billy Joel's career. Same thing, right? Mm-hmm. He had his touring band, sure. um, but then in his early albums, they would always want him to use studio musicians, and they hated it, and he didn't want to do it, but they made him do it. And then later, he released a live album called Songs in the, Songs in the Attic or From the Attic? Songs from the Attic. Songs from the Attic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the live versions of a bunch of the songs that they had to use studio musicians to record. Uh, Billy Joel, man, he's just a big middle finger, isn't he? And I'll, yeah, I'll uh, tie that into... My, one of my favorite bands is Journey, and they yep. had a break with Ross Valerie, their bass player, where they had Randy Jackson come in. But yep. that was a band decision. They're like, we want to use a studio bass player as we don't think you have it. And I think it's ironic that Raised on Radio, the album that Randy Jackson played on, is probably one of their worst. Mm. Like, And it's not – he's – obviously Randy Jackson's – I don't mean this critically to Ross Valerie, but he's a lot better bass player, a lot more technical. He's a studio guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just something about your band yeah. and getting your guy. And then you know now Ross Valerie's back with him, and he's the guy. So I think that's cool. Let me ask you a question. This okay. Is off, off topic, but it's b- band decisions made to re- to replace the bass player. Um, how do you feel about Wolfgang Van Halen? Man, it, I knew I was afraid that was going to go. Um, if you're going to replace Michael Anthony, which you can't with anybody, it's a family member. Yeah, I I get it. Yeah. Like I think that's I respect. I don't want to say respect because I don't ever – it's a touchy subject yeah. because I love Michael Anthony, and he's the bass player of Van Halen. Yeah. For me, will always be. But if it's not him, if they're like, it's going to be somebody else, the son of Eddie Van Halen is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm basically with you. I don't like the way that they did it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, there, there could have been a way where they did it peaceably instead they just did it like a bunch of jerks or they should have just had uh wolfgang play rhythm guitar let's just right be just honest. add a second guitar add a second guitarist mm. that thickens it up you still keep michael anthony you got your son in the band yeah and there'll be times where you know maybe michael anthony doesn't even have to play on every song yeah like what they do now in sticks i know i talk about sticks all the time they're one of my favorite bands but chuck Manasso, who's the original bass player comes out and plays three songs he's uh-huh. not healthy enough to play but he's the original really? bass player oh that's cool so he'll come out and he'll play three songs with them they'll give a tip of the cap to See. him thanks for all you did for us thanks for helping us get our start we know you know i mean they don't say we know you can't play the whole right. time but everybody he's not healthy well yeah. And but it's stuff that he can play. Oh, that's great. and I love that. I do so too. why don't you do that, Van Halen? Yeah, that's honor. Eddie, take, you know what I mean? Take, like there's are... there's no honor in the way that Michael Anthony was replaced. Correct. Um, that but that's yeah, that's great. That's, that's honor. The way to do it. Well, you want to meet the band? Hey, yeah, let's do let's it. Meet hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the meet the band that played on Cats in the Cradle with Harry Chapin on guitar and sitar. That's right. John Trope. It's spelled T-R-O-P-E-A, but pronounced Trope. Trope. I looked that up. Went to Berkeley. Big influences for him. Wes Montgomery and George Benson. Woo. Listen back through. Boy. If you want to hear, that's some good uh, good inspiration. Toured with Clapton. Um, played on Van Morrison's Bulbs 1974 project, which is neat that he played on this in 74 and Van Morrison's Big 74 Project, so good for that. Also on Ringo Starr's fourth solo album, on the Street Lights album by Bonnie Raitt, which has mm. Angel of Montgomery, the John Prine okay. song, so he's the guitar player on that, the other guitar player on that album. So if you're going to play okay. opposite Clapton, opposite Bonnie Raitt, <laughs> 
you've, you've got chops. <laughs> um, on bass, jazz double bass and electric bass, uh, this guy named Donald Ray Payne. Stuff with Stan Getz, Judy Collins, Leonard Cohen, and was Tony Bennett's bass player for a good bit of his career. And he also was with somebody named Jackie Kane, who's a female jazz vocalist. And the first time I was looking at that, I thought it said he played bass for Jackie Chan. Jackie and Chan. I was like, who knew Absolutely. that Rush Hour Dude, guy? listen, Jackie Chan's band would be incredible because you know they wouldn't just stand there. They'd be j- dancing around, jumping off speakers. <laughs> Doing flips. Oh, my yeah, goodness. It'd be every, there would be a stage dive every song. Yeah. Yeah. Jackie Chan. Jackie and, Chan's jazz band. Uh, the Jackie Chan's jazz band. Yeah. Jazz heads. That's awesome. Yeah, um, on drums, Alan Schwartzberg, member of Mountain, the drummer from Mountain, oh, okay. from Mississippi Queen. We'll probably yeah. do Mississippi Queen in the future, mm. so I'm tempted to not talk too much on it. But here we go. Um, <laughs> he was in the first solo band for Peter Gabriel, so he was the drummer okay. on Salisbury Hill. Also played with Gloria Gaynor on Never Say Goodbye, which is considered the first disco album ever. Oh, um, so that's a neat bit of trivia. Dynamite drop in. So that's good. Drummer on the possibly the first disco album ever. Played with Tony Orlando and Dawn, uh, Jimi Hendrix on 1975's Crash Landing. Um, played with Kiss. Plays drums on Working My Way Back to You by The Spinners. Really? He's that's the nice. drummer on that. Uh, Julian Lennon, Yoko Ono, Rod Stewart. And he's the drummer for the Star Wars theme disco version. Oh, wow. Uh, I have that vinyl at my house. Do you really? I do, yes. That's awesome. Um, He uses, uh, on this, and I looked it up, he's exclusively Yamaha drums, Zildjian cymbals, Remo heads, and Vic Firth sticks. Outstanding. There you go. There's his gear. Alan Schwartzberg. On piano, a guy named Don Grolnick. Piano with George Benson, John Schofield, Bonnie Raitt, Barry Manilow. Yes. Oh, wow. James Taylor, Buddy Rich, Steely Dan, Bette Midler, and Aaron Neville. Dang. Give me a little Aaron Neville. A little... I don't think I have it. What? I just reached for it and it wasn't Rob's there. I always got Aaron Neville. I, I was going, it was going to come out as something totally different. Oh, man. And I don't know. Hold on. I just heard it. There we go, there we Mr. Go. Neville. Welcome the back. Touch, he, gives, okay, he always stays too long. He always stays too long. <laughs> All right. You're done. You're done, Neville. He always stays too long. Um, started on accordion and switched to piano. Now he's here. That's right. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Started at the bottom. He started on accordion and then he switched to piano. After he went and saw Count Basie in concert, and then oh, decided, I want to play piano. Good change. So, died at age 48 of non-Hodgkin lymphoma. So, R.I.P. Don. Uh, and then Harry Chapin gives himself credit as lead guitar and vocals on everything. Okay. Which, as the acoustic guy up front, I typically wouldn't consider him the lead guy. He doesn't do the sitar part, right. and he doesn't do most of the electric stuff. Yeah. But... I maybe maybe that he has a different concept of, of lead, lead guitar. guitar. Maybe he's like I'm the leader of the band on guitar. Yeah, this so, guitar is led. Is this lead, song is led by this guitar. Whereas you know? most people, for those of y'all that do, lead guitar, are the people that typically do the guitar solos. And sure. maybe he does melody and, lines and that. Yeah, kind of, they typically are the electric guy. Yeah. Um, where in this case, he's the acoustic guy. Maybe he did it in the studio. Maybe he did. He just had his um, So lead guitar and vocals. Eleven albums starting in 1972. Neat stat. So he had 14 singles that yeah. he released. All charted. Yeah. So he went 14 for 14. That's amazing. That is amazing. On his singles. Died in uh, July 16th, 1981. I was born June 18th, 1981. So me and Harry were only on the on the earth together for one month. Yeah. Um, credited with being the most socially active performer of the 70s yeah. um, against for the Presidential Commission for World Hunger. Um, his dad was a professional jazz drummer. Taught a guy you may have heard of. Did you see who he taught to play drums? No. A guy named Peter Chris. Kiss's really? Drummer. His was, dad taught Peter Chris? His dad taught Peter Chris how to play drums, which I think is awesome. And he was posthumously inducted into the Modern Drummer Hall of Fame. His dad, that is. Okay. Um, Harry grew up wanting to be a documentary filmmaker. 
He directed Legendary Champions in 1968. It's a film about boxer Jack Johnson, not the singer. But yeah. Uh, yeah, did you look up any more on that? Were you going- uh, well, just that it was nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah. He was nominated. His directorial debut as a documentarian was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, 1972 signed a multi-million dollar recording deal with Elektra Records, and that was like a bidding war with them and Clive Davis. And he went with Elektra, not Clive Davis, which was the largest contract of its time. Yeah. Um, he released his debut album Heads and Tails with Taxi, which is my other favorite Harry Chapin mm. song. I love that song. Another story telling ballad song. Um, drummer on his first album was uh, Russ Kunkel, who's the drummer on the Sweet Baby James album by James oh, okay. Taylor. So Makes I sense. love that album. Makes a lot of sense. More than half of his concerts in his life were benefit concerts. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to give half of my concerts. Like he lived off album sales. I yeah. mean, I guess multi million dollar deal, but nobody does that. Nobody benefits half of their concerts. Yeah, and even uh, I, I read a thing, and I'm trying to trying to find it. Well, in my yeah. notes One third of his paid concerts. There you go. He donated proceeds to charitable causes. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. Um, so live from 1975 to 81, he did just solo work with him and his guitar. Yeah. Um, to keep costs down. Keep costs down. And every now and then he'd add a bass player, a guy named Mike Rendine, that would come with him. Um, but he died in 1981 on a way to do a free concert. So he was going to do a free benefit concert. Yeah. Um, he put his flashers on, slowed down to about 15 miles per hour, swerved and hit head on collision with a transfer truck for supermarkets general. Uh, the driver crushed his 1975 Volkswagen Rabbit. My uncle had a Rabbit, and it was awesome. Not like the animal, but like the car. <laughs> have you ever ridden in those 70s Volkswagen Rabbits? They actually uh-huh. have Rabbit fur for the seats. Really? Yeah, it was the coolest thing. I thought, Weird. Was, thought that was neat. Uh, the car burst into flames, and that was it for Harry. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, Harry Chapin, everybody. Sorry Harry to end on a downer Chapin. note, but this one's kind of an emotional right, song well, anyway. He was so. 38. Yeah, it's I mean, crazy. Didn't even make it to 40. Goodness gracious. You know, what, I mean, what else could he have accomplished and done you know there's like there's a story somewhere in in there's a story to be written somewhere the story of all these musicians musicians who died before 40 or so um you know like in an alternate world where they they all lived and what happened you know what i'm saying where hendrix lived and stevie ray vaughn lived and, and harry chapin lived and Morrison, yeah, Joplin, yeah all these Cobain, all, all these cats where they're hanging out in their 60s you know what i mean recounting their you know their lives and talking about whatever we're getting to interview him yeah we're interviewing we would have we would have got harry chapin all in, yeah he's reachable I sure think we we, i think would, we could have done he's it, so yeah. giving and generous and be like oh yeah, yeah. anything and i can do for free to help you guys exactly well, yes that's the, our kind of people the alternate universe great song podcast yeah in the upside down ah that's good yeah good reference there so um songs about dads and sons you want to jump on that yet yeah sure why not um probably the i would I don't want to say the most popular, but Father and Son by Cat Stevens is a pretty big one. Sure. I don't know if, um, one that I like that might not even be considered Father and Sons because it's more so stepdads. Have you heard He Didn't Have to Be by Brad Paisley? Uh, it's like he's the dad that he didn't have to be. Okay. And it's a stepdad. Yeah. That's a really, it's sure. a really neat song. If you get a chance, listen to that. A friend of the friend of the show, Anthony Quayles, actually came out with an album just uh, very, very recently called The Man I Never Thought I'd Be. Okay. And it's that same concept about being a, being a stepdad. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, one that I don't really get, um, dance with my father, the Luther Vandross song. I've never danced with my dad. Yeah. That one's kind of just, maybe in a fun way. I don't know. know. That's just, it's, but it's a slow song and I just don't really get that one. Yeah. 
I don't know. Now, okay, but yes, you do. You okay. do understand it because we both grew up in church. And so <laughs> you understand. We both grew up in like Pentecostal, uh, Pentecostal church. churches where they sing gooey worship songs about dancing That's with true. your father. My dad does Pharaoh, Pharaoh and it's does just, emotions. So there you go. It's just a different, it's just a different perspective. Um, yeah. You got one or two you want to throw out? Yeah. How about All This Time by Sting? That's good. Yes. Mm. Oh, man. I like that one. Um, Father's Eyes, Eric Clapton. Oh, everybody, it's so good. Everybody I'm so mad I didn't think of it. I thought I was probably going to go Tears in Heaven, but I'm going to go. Cool. That's the other way if we want to get emotional. Oh. Father's Eyes. Let's. You want to hear a little Father's Eyes just sure, to man. lighten it up? It says, just while we're on it. Ah, oh, yes. We were just due for a palate cleanser there. Yeah. Now, if you really want, you want the Phil Driscoll version, right? <laughs> Which I have his keyboard. You really want to feel it. Hey. Yeah. Just that groove. That's all I needed. The progression over the verse is amazing. Yeah, it is. Anyway. All right. Yeah, we'll not get sidetracked. We'll all save right. that one. We could be there for a while. Um, go ahead. Throw out one or two. Yep. Um, my my last one is actually just kind of a joke. So oh, oh yeah, yeah. Let's couple, say the, then, We'll save your joke for the end. Boy named Sue, Johnny Cash. Oh dang! Y'all know man. the story about that. I really, I really struggled to come up with these songs, and I don't know why. I don't know if something is blo- blocking them off, or 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 what. I'm just not sure. The boy named Sue story is a is a story about a guy who names his son Sue so yeah. that he'll grow up tough, like so that they'll make fun of his name and then yeah. get. Get tough. That's right. The, if you don't know a boy named Sue, go listen to it it's because good. the last, the last, the ending to that song is so funny. Like you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean. Like yeah. it's a fu- it's a funny song. It's a good one. And then the ending is such a sucker punch. Uh-huh. It's so great. Um, old man Neil Young. We probably do an episode with Joey on that. Um, mm. Possibly in the future. Who is an old man? Who is? An, oh no, who likes Neil Young? He's an old man in a young. Um, man's and body. my last one is one that's probably not on anybody's radar. But I thought if it's on anybody's radar, it'll be on Rob's. Uh, not all heroes wear capes by Al City. Have you heard it? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That's a that's a good one. So that's yeah. a, that's one. If you guys get a second after this, go listen to Not All Heroes Wear Capes by Al City. And my last that's one is good, actually the, uh, I don't know if it's a Vine or a TikTok, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm going with this one. You are my dad. You're my dad. <laughs> That's all. That's all. <laughs> That's literally all it is. It's five seconds long. Okay. Um, yeah. You are my dad. That's called You Are My Dad. It's by uh, Gabe Gundicker. There we go. Boogie, uh, woogie, woogie. Viner. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You want to talk a little bit about the progression on the song? You want to yeah. On that a it's, bit? Uh, so it's an, odd, it's an odd progression because it's in the key of F major. He's going to play it in E, though, with a capo on the first fret. Oh, okay. On guitar. I got you. Yeah, and actually, I saw him playing it live, and he played with a capo up way, maybe, maybe way up Maybe he played high. on the third and played he, in D? No, it was up higher, like eight or nine. Eight oh, or nine gosh. fret. Like, it was very high. And forget that. Um, so, to, I think to play that riff with some open chords. So, I'm not sure. I didn't go look to figure out exactly how he did it. But, but uh, anyway, we're in the key of F. Okay. But I think, and also maybe to make the chord changes be able to make sense and not have Do to play them super funky. That so, um, but anyway, so if, yeah, we're in the, we're in the key of F, but it's, but it's got a lot of chords that don't naturally occur in F. So, uh, you know, I won't get super, super into all the technical stuff, but, it, but so for example, your, of course your first, that opening riff is just over an F, you know, in Which the bass the line, right? Yeah. But even it is sort of non-standard, 
Um, it hops around. It's got flat sevens in it, and it's got some different tonality. It doesn't sound like an F major melody. You know what I'm saying? Um, it it kind of sounds like sometimes like the melody like the melody's playing the four over a four chord, and then sometimes like it's playing over a five minor chord. Play and, a little bit about what we're talking about. Yeah, so and here's is, the intro. This is just in the opening. Uh, you know, the opening few notes here. So even just that, it doesn't sound super, you know. So you've got F, A flat. There's a flat three. B flat, four, F. F. So one, flat three. Then we're going to go flat seven and walk down. Flat seven, six, five, four, flat three, two, major one. It's really weird. Which is weird that it ends on the major one because most of the time it would be like... Yeah. So anyway, so we're, we're one, flat seven, flat three, four, so we're at F, E flat, then A flat, E flat over G, F. It's very, very strange tonality, you know, but it really gives it a, it gives it kind of a feel that is, um, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't feel either major or minor. You know what I mean? It kind of has elements of both. And it just the fact makes that it, it resolves on a one major is what makes that walk down weird to me. Like yeah. coming down from what I'm thinking in E because I'm capoed one, but it okay. would be like G D over F sharp E minor is the natural progression uh-huh. as that would go. But it's back to the one yeah. major instead yeah. of a anyway. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 very interesting. It could yeah, it could have easily been an F minor in a lot of those spots, but it gives it a weird resolution mm-hmm. that you kind of don't see coming. You know what I mean? You don't expect. Um, so it just it gives the whole song kind of a unique voice. Um, and makes it I don't know if it makes it feel more important. You know what I mean? It like it almost makes it feel a little um It to me that when I was looking at it, it looks like he just knows all these chords and just wants to play like he's comfortable with these chords <laughs> sure. but doesn't know them in the context of a song, but it works together. It's like he just throws down all the chords that he can play. I just like these chords. I a like lot, these. Mm-hmm. Let's find a way to put them all in a song yeah. and make it up. <laughs> That's great. Sure, why not? That's the way all the best songs are written. It's just I just want to put in all my favorite chords. And uh, yeah, um, it was recorded in Bridgeport, Connecticut, at Connecticut Recording Studios. Um, Rob, spell Connecticut. Oh, C O N N E C T I C U T. Good job. I don't yeah. know why I always leave the middle C out. Mm, connect. In, in uh, it was founded by Thomas Hook. Connecticut was founded by Thomas Hook, okay. which is how you connect things okay. with a hook. Yeah, and so I've always remembered that. Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Good job on that. Um, I looked up what else was recorded in this studio because uh-huh. I'm like, Connecticut, like, who big has come out of Connecticut? Uh-huh. Most of REO Speedwagon stuff was really? done in that, who me and Rob both hate. <laughs> um, and that's it. Like, oh, really? No, but nobody else that I'd ever even heard of like, in the history of this studio. So REO Speedwagon ruined it. That's right. They did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's very interesting. Um, I don't have a ton else except for covers. We'll get into some got, covers in a second. Covers, but, yeah. uh, but I do have a couple couple more notes on Harry. I found this uh, interesting. He was born December 7th, okay. 1942. Okay. He was born on the one-year anniversary of the attack on Pearl, Pearl Harbor. Harbor. Yeah, wow. Like, then 1942. I mean, World War II, kablam! You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Happy birthday, yeah, Harry. Happy, happy freaking birthday, Harry. You're born into a war. I know. Um, yeah, on the one-year anniversary of the attack of Pearl Harbor. Um, he uh, he went to the Air Force Academy and Cornell University. 
which is interesting. He didn't finish either. He didn't never never completed a degree. Um, and then um, he was nominated for the 1973 Best New Artist Grammy, along with get this, this is quite a class with Best New Artist Grammy: John Prine, Loggins and Messina. And the Eagles. Oh my Excuse gosh! Me. And Eagles. The Eagles. That's right. You gotta uh, beat and, that out. And they all lost to really? America. There we go. Horse with no name. Yeah. Tin Man. Good stuff, go. man. So, oh, we got to do an America. That's quite a class. Quite oh a man, class. I like that. That's good. Um, did you see that Mary Chapin Carpenter is his fifth cousin? They're cousins. Okay, fifth I knew cousin. they weren't like. I knew she wasn't his daughter, no. uh, which I always fifth, wanted her to be when I was a kid. Fifth cousin. Okay, fifth cousin. I don't even know That's how to a do stretch. that. I know. I know. I'm like, who's related to who? To what? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, the only other real note I have, um, uh, just a couple of uh, references uh, on the Simpsons to this song. Roll of course, it. there's references in all all over pop culture to this song. You know what I mean? Anytime a dad is mentioned in any film or show, <laughs> basically you get a cat's in the cradle reference. Yeah. You know, uh, somebody goes, "Ah, oh, dad," and then it just plays in the background. You know, <laughs> it's just kind of the thing. But it's I, it, but it's referenced on the Simpsons at least three times. Okay. Um, once there's an itchy and scratchy cartoon where the whole story is cats in the cradle, and I can never remember which is which, who's the mouse and who's the. Let's see which one's the mouse. Itchy, itchy's a jerk. I think that. That's how it goes. I think that's what Homer says. Um, so anyway, one of them finds the other on his doorstep and raises him as his as his own, and then on his graduation day murders him because that's how Itchy and Scratchy goes. Sure. But the whole time, Cats in the Cradle is playing. <laughs> uh, I think it must have been Itchy finds Scratchy on the porch because he's literally a cat in a cradle. Okay, I think that was the deal. So uh, and then there was a uh, once where Homer's Homer's singing a song and he combines Sunrise Sunset, Cats in the Cradle, and Yes We Have No Bananas, <laughs> all into like one song. Oh my goodness! Um, I, I, then I've got to tie in a, a Harry Chapin okay. fact. Yeah, my other favorite song is Thirty Thousand Pounds 30, of Bananas. There you go, Thirty Thousand. Yeah, good call on yeah. that. We should play a little of that. That's like the ultimate truck driver song. Okay, and we have a lot of truck drivers that listen to us. All right. So this is for all you truckers out there. While I'm looking it up, uh, the other Simpsons reference is there's an episode where Homer. Uh, makes a phone call to the National Fatherhood Institute, and they put him on hold, and they're playing, the and they play music. this song, That's and he's funny. just blubbering, you know. That's it's awesome. so funny. All That's right, good. here's Thirty Thousand Pounds of Bananas by Harry Chapin. If that's not trucker music. <laughs> Is it Trucker? Yeah. It was just Trucker It was in the 70s. Yeah. Started down the hill that leads into Scranton, Pennsylvania, carrying 30,000 pounds of banana. There we go. Man, I haven't heard that song in a long time. I love this song. 30,000 pounds. Hit it, Big Jim. Oh, banana. Hit it, Big Jim. Hit it, Big There we go. All right. Um, that covers. reminds me of a Weird Al song called The Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. Yeah. And good. it's just so funny. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Covers. Let's talk about it. The, um, what's, we, your, what's your favorite cover? There have been a couple of um, notable covers. I mean, the, I'm torn between the Ricky Skaggs and the Johnny Cash cover. Okay. Have you heard those? Yes. Uh, actually, I haven't heard Ricky Skaggs yet. Let's, let's take a listen. A child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch. And bills to pay. He oh, yeah. to walk His delivery is so slow. Yeah. His enunciation. And as yeah. he grew, he'd say, That's probably I'm my fave. Be like you, Dad. You know I'm gonna be like you. 
And the cats in the cradle Listen, and the silver spoon. Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder Man. are some of the finest musicians in the world. Absolutely. Me and Rob got a treat to see Ricky Skaggs play with Bruce. Yeah, we did. Hornsby, not Hornsby. Springsteen. Yeah, not Springsteen. Sorry to clarify. Yeah, that's good. That's he was a solid. special guest. He's a wonderful special guest. Yeah. I've seen him as special guest a couple times. Let's take a listen. Here's the Johnny Cash version. I'll skip to a different part so we don't hear the first verse a hundred times. This And this is so very Johnny Cash. Like... Can I have them, please? <laughs> and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. Totally different chord structure. Home, boom, chick, boom. Win, we'll get together then. He's like, don't play all the fancy chords. <laughs> we'll have a good time then. I mean, that guitar part is just wrong. He's like, what's your four favorite notes? <laughs> you play them. I said, I'd like to see you. Oh, man. Just put them where you want. Let's see what he does here. I'm interested. My new job's a hassle, and the kids got the flu. Wow. Nice talking to you, He's like, we're just going to play the E flat. That's it. Nothing else. We Johnny, ain't walking down. We're sitting on, no, we're Johnny, sitting on it. Johnny just did what he wanted, man. That's so funny. I was listening to, actually, uh, last week, there's a there's a version of uh, You Are My Sunshine on one of, one of his later recordings on one of the American albums. And it might have been his last one um, that came out after he passed, maybe. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But go listen to it. It's funny because he it's they keep rolling after he's done with the song. So he sings You Are My Sunshine, and it has verses. And... Um, and then he goes, he, they stop and he said, he's just kind of off mic, you know, he's kind of like, oh, that was pretty good, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. And you're hearing some production chatter in the background and they're like, I think you skipped a verse. He's like, did I, did I skip a verse? He's like, well, you know, when I think my song is sung or he <laughs> said, when I feel like my song is sung, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just done. done. Yeah. Awesome. And so, and there, everybody cracks up and whatever, but I kind of feel like that is true. He's just like, I'm not playing all those chords. Forget that. Yeah. Let's make this simple, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, there is one more notable cover, and it's actually the most notable cover of this song, and that is the Ugly Kid Joe version. Uh, are you a fan? Did you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know it's the most popular. I, I dug it when I was a kid. I'm interested. I haven't listened to it since uh, probably 1992 when it came out, I rem- but I feel like I remember it fairly vividly. The difference in the Ugly Kid Joe version, uh, as I recall, is it never turns around really to the father's perspective. It's mostly, in other words, if the original Cats in the Cradle is from the father's perspective, and it is, um, the Ugly Kid Joe version really stays to the perspective of the, of the child, right? It's the, it's the, Dad, you never, you know, you were never there uh, version of the song. And let's listen to a little bit of the, uh, this is Ugly Kid Joe from their uh, album, America's Least Wanted. The child arrived just the other day. I mean, it sounds like a, you know, sounds like a poison cover at this point, right? <laughs> kind of the Every Rose Has Its Thorn version. <laughs> Chorusy acoustic guitar. Yeah. There, I hear you, you start to hear, this is going to be a little different. And then by the by the end of the song, I, I feel like it's even much heavier. Let's take a listen. As I hung up the phone, it occurred to me he'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. And the cats 
That's for the, from the perspective of the disaffected child, and that would be the, the cats in the cradle. If yeah. you're angry at dad, that's probably the I'm one. I'm surprised you didn't uh, throw out cats in the kettle at the Peking moon. Oh. Weird Al? No, that's not Weird Al. It's not Weird Al? No. It's, it's somebody attributed it's to Weird It's attributed to Weird Al. So there's this whole phenomenon in the that Napster age. Every parody right? is Weird yeah. Al. That if, if a song is funny, it must be Weird Al. I don't know who does it. And uh, yeah, it's one of those that it's... Is it, is it yeah, nobody? It's definitely not Weird Al, but he, he has a whole list on his website of songs that he didn't cover. That he didn't write. That he did, yeah, that he didn't write. That's yeah. Funny. And that is definitely one of them. Oh, what about uh, what about No Son of Mine? Oh, oh my, my goodness! Gosh. How did I just think of that one right now? Dang it! On my list. Oh, that's such a good uh, father and son oh, song. I that's mean, a such good, a it's, it's not, not a good. It's song. sad like this one, yeah, but it's a. How did I not make that on my incredible. list? That one just hit me right now. Dang it! Yes, absolutely. Um, let's start over and do that one <laughs> <laughs> to just completely yeah. drown everybody's energy. Okay, I, I do have two more covers. Okay, okay, two more covers. Uh, one is just a straight up. Uh, it's going to sound funny to us, but if you live in Norway, it just sounds awesome. Uh, but this is uh, a guy named Finn Kalvik, uh, who is Norwegian, and uh, his cover of this in Norwegian and it is called I'm going to botch this so anybody who's listening in Norway oh, man, we know we have a big me. following in Norway I hope we're not, sorry in advance yeah. for, I hope we don't cuss that's why I hope I'm not swearing in Norwegian but it, it's 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 spelled R-I-D-E-R-A-N-K-E so I don't know if that's Ridi or something like that in, in Norwegian I have no idea I'm so sorry but uh, yeah this is um, well maybe he'll say it for us on the song sure but it's a very faithful cover. Um. Sounds a lot more major. Mit barn kom til verden på en klinik. Det var en liten gutt vi fikk. Men jeg reiser mye, rakk ikke hjem. Og da han lærte å gå, var jeg ute igjen. You know. Nailed it. Og sist yeah. jeg kom hjem, kunne han snakke med meg. Ja, jeg er far. Jeg vil bli som dig far. Ja, jeg vil bli som dig. Now, what would be funny is if... Obviously, we don't... We don't we don't do the Norwegian, you know what I mean? What would be funny is if, actually, he was a Norwegian comedian. Make and it. this was just, like, filthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> exactly. this is just a filthy parody. That's right. <laughs> uh, that would be actually fairly amusing. Uh, it, but anybody who's listening in if Norway. If we've just offended you, it was accidental. We promise yeah, we meant it with good taste. Absolutely. Uh, and then there's one There's one other cover, uh, and this is DMC. Did you see this? Uh-uh. DMC, as in Run DMC. Okay. Um, this is the DMC, that, that half of Run DMC. This is the other part of Featuring Sarah McLaughlin. What? Yeah, oh, right? Okay. And it's going to get even weirder. Uh because so this is um this is his version of the song. It's called Just Like Me. Um and uh let's see. Is it a true cover or is it just sample it? Or? It's it's sampled and she sings the chorus okay. and then he's got rap verses. Okay. okay. So, it's about um it's about his adoption and it's sort of it's actually more about a mother like it's him okay. it's him sort of to his mother here we go this is uh, just like me by Sarah McLaughlin with DMC it's on her album and his and the video 
she's done up sort of like a hip hop diva. Like it's kind of crazy. As I walk through the corners of Cooley High, I gotta be thankful that I'm still alive. I have a lot of thoughts like who the hell am I? What is the truth and what is a lie? But I think about my life and everything is okay. I gotta pave a way to a brighter day. Cause it's really plain and simple when it came to me. JP's not feeling it. Not at all. Let's get to the chorus. A whole lot just like me. I actually really like Sarah McLaughlin. I don't mind her. Yeah. Okay, I like her. Yeah. But if he wouldn't talk. <laughs> well, his part gets better. Okay. Let me Let me let me send it on forward here. Hey yo, understand what I'm rapping. No pain or sorrow. I just want you to know. Yo yo, I just want you to know. Yo yo. I'm all right. Uh-huh. I'm all right. Nope. Profound, right? I just want you to know, yo, yo, yo. I just want you to know, yo, yo. I'm all right, ma. I'm all right, pa. Na, 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 na. na. <laughs> That's really deep. But you know what? He just wanted him to know. He's trying. Yo, yo. That's good. That's, That's it. His, his mom or stepmom or whoever is probably like, "That's the greatest thing ever written." Exactly. And this probably got her. The lyrics are up on her refrigerator. That's right. You know, beside the picture that he drew her, and yeah, yeah. With the trees. And, when he was like 35. Did you draw your parents' pictures and stuff and put them up on the fridge? Here's why I'm asking is I was – here's what a dork I am. I uh, This will tie back into the 74 A's. Okay. I would write starting lineups. <laughs> of and, course. And of I course would get – uh, my mom has one framed from – I think it's this Eric Davis Reds team. Oh. And she has it, and I had a, wrote a note to my mom, and I was like, here's the starting lineup for the Reds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I it's framed somewhere in, that, in the house. Mom, you know where it's at. Pull it down, we'll take a picture of it, and we'll post it on the great That's songs and the great people who so love them. so funny. Great. That's so JP, right? That is so JP. Here's like, a, I you love are my like, family. Here's a starting lineup for the baseball team. Wow. That's phenomenal. That is Other so Other people great. were drawing families holding hands and yeah, stuff. exactly. This is my mom. This is my dad. And I'm like, here's Lemon this. yellow sun. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, no. here's this baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And on that, I think we're I think we're spent on Cats in the Cradle. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode on Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. And we hope you'll come connect with us online. We've got a great Facebook uh, group going on over at facebook.com slash groups slash great song pod. Or you can just search. The group is called Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. Uh, or you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Great Song Pod. And as always, you can check out uh, the archives and maybe grab yourself a T-shirt over at GreatSongPodcast.com if you would like to support the show in that way. We appreciate every single one of you. Yes, you. Point to yourself. Give yourself a hug and a high five and try to kiss your own forehead because <laughs> we love you. And uh, we're so thankful for you guys who listen to the show and keep us going every single week. Uh, we're glad to have somebody to listen. We'd be doing it if nobody was listening, but we're so so thankful that you are. We'll be back next week with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music.